Okay, here we go. Uh, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to tell you how you're going to be blessed. Uh, Father, thank you. Uh, today is a day you have made so we can rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, thank you for loving us and for taking such good care of us, uh, for going before us, for surrounding us. Um, even this evening as we fall asleep, uh, you, Lord Jesus, will stay awake and pray uh, for us specifically tonight about tomorrow or about this week or something upcoming. I thank you for your great watch care over us. Uh, we love you, and I pray, uh, Holy Spirit, you would come, and would you teach us your word tonight, please. We pray for all of these things and our special guest, in Jesus' name, amen. Abby, are you ready? Come up here, please. So Abby LaQuay is Tyson Julie's daughter. She's 22. The first time I heard her do this was the last time we went through the book of Ruth, when you were a mere child of 18, right? 18 and a half. And now you're like 22 and a half. Close. Okay. Okay. Abby is going to bless you tonight. She has memorized the entire book of Ruth, and she's going to recite that for you verse by verse. And uh, that's how we're going to cover the Word of God tonight, is Abby is going to share that with you. If you haven't heard this before, trust me, you will be blessed. You'll be so glad you came tonight. And if you have heard it before, it's been a while, you will be blessed too. Uh, because you're going to get to hear the Word of God spoken by one of His children. And so, love that, Abby. Thank you. Please bless us. Thank you. Can you hear me now? All right. <clears throat> Begin with chapter one. In, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malin and Kilian. They were Everthites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, but, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there for about ten years, ten years, and both Malin and Killian died. 
So the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her two daughters-in-law to return to the land of Judah, for she, uh, uh, and to, in the land of Moab, for she heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and give them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law to return to, return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then, then, then she kissed him, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? No, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say if I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is ex exceedingly bitter for me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they looked up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has come back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came into Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the, the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the land, from the country of Moab, and they came into Bethlehem during the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband, a worthy man from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in his sight. I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field, in the field of the reapers, as he happened to come to a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who is of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, 
the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who is in charge of drapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant, who is in charge of drapers, answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean in the field, field of the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning, morning until now, except for short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not glean among another field or leave this one, but stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field where they, they are reaping and go after them. For I charge the young men not to touch you, and when you are thirsty, go to the vessel and drink from where the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And I left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you have not known before. Let the Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I'm not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and dip some bread and, and dip some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. Eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed it to her where she drank. And she ate until she is sat, so satisfied, and had some left over. When she arose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean, even among seeds. And do not approach her, and also pull out some of the bones out for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she bailed what she had gleaned, and she had about an ephah of barley. Then she took up and went to the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, when she saw what she had left over, after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then, so, she, so she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man's a, a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until I have, they have finished all my harvest. Then Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go with his young women, lest in another field you would be ass assaulted. So she stayed close to the young women of Boaz, Glean until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for you that I may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young woman you were? 
See, he's wielding barley today at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he'll tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. So she went down to the, to the threshing floor and did all that her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the heap of grain. Then she came in softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. And at midnight, the man was started and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Then he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter, for you made this last kindness greater than the first, for you have not gone after Yemen, whether poor or rich. Whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear, for I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Plus, there is a redeemer near than I, remain tonight. And if you're in the morning, if he redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she laid at his feet until the morning. And before one could recognize another, and he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the, to the threshing floor. And he said, pull out the, the garment that you are wearing and haul it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. And when her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Now Boaz had sat up at the gate and sat down there. And behold, to the Redeemer, of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. Then he turned aside and sat down. Then he took ten men of the elders of the sea and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. And I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it from among those sitting here and from the elders. And in the presence of the elders of my people. And if you redeem it, redeem it. But tell me so that I may know. There's no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, The day that I buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you will also require Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said to Boaz, I cannot. 
I cannot, I cannot redeem his inheritance for myself, lest I prepare my own inheritance. Take my right for your redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. And this was four more times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. The one transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the ma- the ma- the matter in testing in Israel. So when the redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then, but then Boaz said to to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day, for I fought from the hand of Naomi. All the blood to Elimelech, and all the blood to Killian and to Malin, and the and Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malin, I have fought to be my wife, in order to protect me from him that in his inheritance, that the name that in his inheritance may not be cut off from my brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day, and the people who are at the gate and the elders said, May the Lord. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. Israel, may you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And let your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, without the offspring that, offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. Then Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. And and the women, and the women said to Naomi, "Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you to stay without a redeemer, who without a, without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and nurser of your old age, for your darling who loves you." who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap, and she became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed, who is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez followed Hezron, Hezron followed Ram, Ram followed Aminadab, Aminadab followed Nason, Nason followed Solomon, Solomon followed Boaz, Boaz followed Obed, Obed followed Jesse, and Jesse followed David. Thank you. Great job. Great job. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close up the Bible and we're going home. <laughs> Abby, thank you for using your gifts to bless us. Uh, I especially like this time you had a lot of actions <laughs> with your words. They made it even better. So thank you for doing that. A labor of love for God and for His Word. Selah. Thank you, Abby. Okay, let's see. Whew. Yeah, what are we gonna do tonight? <laughs> we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna the, the slides. I got the slides one out of order, so bear with me for just a second. Uh, 
I want to I start tonight, well, <laughs> we had a great start. I want to continue with, I want to ask you a question. Uh, do you want God to use you, to use your life for his plans? Now, you don't have to say anything. Um, I would be surprised if anyone here said no. So, what is the kind of life that God uses? What's the kind of life that God uses? You might think, well, he uses someone like Abraham, someone willing to travel from Ur all the way over to the promised land, and we talked about Abraham if you were here in Genesis. Uh, maybe a person like Joseph. You know, Joseph is mistreated, he goes off to Egypt, bad things happen to him, but God uses it for good, and he winds up saving the, his whole family. Um, maybe Peter. You think, well, that's the kind of life God would use, um, a guy like Peter. Uh, you might think uh, Cody. I could see how God would use Cody's life. Here's the truth. Uh, those whom God seems to use most are those who simply and daily walk in loyal love to him and to others. That's the kind of life that God uses. Those who simply and daily walk in loyal love to him and to others. Thank you, Abby. That was your slide. So the word that I've put on to Ruth tonight for that is, if you want to say it in Hebrew, don't stand in front of anyone very close, because the word is cheh, and you have to make a cheh. It's chesed, chesed. Now, I'm just going to say hesed, <laughs> not chesed, but there's actually a guttural sound that comes with the H in Hesed, but it means loyal love, loyal, unfailing love. It's the covenant love that God has for his people. Uh, it's a love where uh, he faithfully and relentlessly pursues, preserves, and blesses his people in spite of their behavior. Its closest counterpart in the New Testament would be agape. Agape is that other-seeking love. It's not a self-seeking love. It's an other-seeking love. Chesed is the closest thing that we would have to agape. So the word for Ruth tonight, as you heard from Abby, is chesed, loyal love. Ruth showing loyal love. Uh, Boaz showing loyal love. This whole book is filled with a couple of big themes, but one of the big themes is loyal love, Hesed. Who wrote it? Tradition suge suggests Samuel. Um, other than the suggestion, there's no way to know. But it makes sense to me. It's probably written close to the time when Samuel transitions uh, to Saul. And, and Samuel is probably, again, he's probably written Judges, and he's probably written Ruth. When, when did this take place? 
This took place uh, in the time of Gideon or Jephthah, the judge, which we looked at last time. Uh, Not a bright, shiny time in the history of Israel. So probably in the time of Gideon or Jephthah, where this is all occurring in Bethlehem. Why? The Lord is faithful in his business of loving, superintending, and providentially caring for his people. God's people should also be about his business in the ordinary activities of daily living. Faithful obedience to him and gracious acts toward other people. So, probably a contemporary of Gideon, which makes this next statement even more amazing. So, there's only two books in the Bible featuring women as the heroine. Esther is one, Ruth is the other. Think about the time of Gideon and Jephthah. Dark, dark, immorality increasing kind of a time. Ruth is a Moabitess. She's not allowed into uh, worship. Uh, She's a descendant of Lot. If you remember back to Genesis, (laughs) not such a good thing. Uh, She's got a lineage, lineage, long lineage, hundreds of years, lineage of shame and immorality coming from Lot. She's an outcast from Israel. She's damaged goods. She's from the other side of the tracks. But in that day and time, she shone like a brilliant diamond, a powerful spotlight of how God's people should have been living. Interesting, Matt's sermon this morning, we talked about how, the, <laughs> how um, Cornelius behaved <laughs> better than Peter. Ruth the Moabitess, something completely unexpected of her, she's behaving better than the Jews at that time. Amazing. This is unexpected. This is another one of these, hmm, this is an unexpected thing in this book. Ruth is a star. She is an unexpected and unlikely heroine, but she is a heroine nonetheless. God uses Ruth's life beyond her expectations. Boaz gives us a wonderful picture of our own kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus. And for Ruth and Boaz, God providentially guides and blesses those who trust him and obey his word. There's one of the keys of Ruth. In the middle of the book of Judges, where no one is listening to God and the spiral is happening, here comes Ruth meeting up with Boaz, and God providentially guides and blesses those, both of them, who trust him and obey his word. She is a stellar example of what godliness and a walk of faith looks like. She's amazing. Here's my bottom line for tonight. The kind of life God uses. 
beyond anything she could have asked for or imagined. Her lineage includes King David, and if you go to Matthew chapter 1, all the way down to the Lord Jesus. I don't think she woke up one morning and said, you know, I think I'm going to be in the line of the Messiah. <laughs> I think she just got out of bed and she did a regular life. And the Lord said, I see that. And used her and gave her a kind of life she could not have imagined. Sometimes people think uh, this kind of life requires a special lineage or special training. Rather, in the scriptures, it seems only to require a heart of loyal love for God and loyal love for his people. I think there's a few things we can learn from Ruth's life, and let me run over those very quickly. The kind of life God uses. The kind of life God uses, chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab. Okay, there is so much that has just happened in this first verse. Because Bethlehem is Beit, Beit, Lechem, Beit, Lechem, house of bread. There is no bread in the house of bread. <laughs> if you were... Hearing this story or reading this story, you would have gone, ha, there's no bread in the house of bread. Okay. That would be a, an Old Testament kind of a joke right there. I can see you all are still too New Testament. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Mo What? He goes to Moab. This is what people in the period of Judges would have done. Yeah, I know God said never leave the promised land, but look, I'm out of bread, I'm leaving. I gotta go find bread. Instead of trusting God, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands, and just like Abraham, scheme. I'm gonna create a scheme, and I'm gonna go to Moab, and that's where I'm gonna find food, and I'm gonna feed my family. No, 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 no. This is not a good thing. So he leaves. He takes his two sons with him. They get married. Regrettably, it doesn't work out very well for them. So there's a crisis. There's no bread in the house of bread. A family leaves the promised land. They run into the open arms of the Moabites. And Ruth's response, an expression of faith and loyal love to Naomi and to Naomi's God is absolutely unexpected and stunning. Uh, Naomi is doing everything she can. Uh, um, Orpah turns around and goes back, but Ruth clings to her and will not leave her. And she says, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord, and she uses the name for the covenant God of Israel, 
May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. And so they go up to back up to Bethlehem. Ruth gave up what was known for the unknown. She gave up the security of her homeland for the insecurity of living someplace new. She gave up the fulfillment of having her own children for the fulfillment of caring for God's children. For instance, Naomi, James 1.27, caring for widows and orphans. And so Naomi was taking on, sorry, Ruth was taking on Naomi as, as a widow, but as, as her child. She was going to go take care of Naomi as if that was her child. Ruth sets aside the life she'd imagined for herself, for the life God was setting before her. She's an amazing woman. Question. Are you willing to set aside the life you've imagined for yourself, for the life God has set before you? The kind of life God uses, that's what Ruth did question to us, are we willing to do that? So Ruth steps into change with faith in God. That's the first characteristic of the kind of life God uses. Second, she works diligently where God places her. So in chapter 2, uh, she's out working uh, she asks Naomi about it. Naomi says, yes, go ahead and do that. I love this verse, verse 3, uh, right about in the middle of it. And as it happened, do you think Ruth recognized God's hand yet? I love that. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. I love Boaz. He says, the Lord be with you, and the, the Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Uh, and then Boaz notices her and talks about how hard she's been working. And so Boaz goes and, and speaks with her. Evidently, there was uh, some kind of significant difference of age because he says to her, my daughter. Now, that could have been polite conversation, but it could have also been because he's a little older and she's a little younger. That's okay. But probably, he's a little older and she's a little younger. Now, you think, oh, well, how old is a little younger? I don't know. Let's say she got married at, in those days, maybe she got married at 18. And then they live 10 years, so now, you know, she's 28. She may be 28, 30, so don't think, she, she's okay. She's, this is okay. Uh, Boaz might be ancient, like 50. <laughs> one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. <laughs> so there's probably some age difference, and he brings that up a couple of times in in the text, and he tells her, 
stay right here. Don't go anywhere else. You know, she'll be safe, and he can watch over her, and he can protect her as well as provide for her at cost to himself. But he's willing to do that. And so she comes and eats lunch with them. Uh, he sends her home with a gift. And Naomi, at the end of chapter 2, Naomi says, um, Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with, the, stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's field, fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. So she's working diligently where God places her. God providentially guides and provides for Ruth and Naomi. Oh, yeah. So as I'm reading through these chapters, I was reading through them um, this week. And so chapter 1 uh, chapter one, Naomi doesn't come off so well. If, if you had a chance to read the four chapters. And I thought, you know, she's kind of a little bit of a complainer. You know, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Because <laughs> the Almighty is in my life bitter. And she's kind of a curmudgeon. You know, a complainer. So, of course, I asked myself the question, when, when was the last time or when was the last hour I was more like Naomi? Complaining. Who, who has done this to her? I mean, whose plan is this? This is God's plan. What is she complaining about? Ultimately, she's complaining about God's plan for her life. <laughs> watch out becoming Naomi and complaining over God's plan for your life did Naomi know what was happening and where this was all headed no so it's easy to complain very easy <laughs> um, better to say you know God is at work I don't know what's going on here but better to remain optimistic, hopeful, trusting in the Lord. So then I got to chapter 2, which we've just gone through, and I thought, oh, okay, does Ruth understand what's going, what God is doing in her life right now? No. Uh, but she's hard at work, and she doesn't recognize what God is doing. Um, is this what I do when I don't know what God is doing? Do I work like this? I mean, do I just stay at work? Whatever it is that I know to do, do I just stay at that while I don't know what God is doing in my life? Mm, I, I hope so, but easy to kind of let that slide and say, well, uh, I'm going to wait. I loved Matt's, uh, one of his little lines this morning, you know, obedience doesn't take understanding or agreement. right here. Ruth's just doing what she knows is right. She's not waiting for understanding. She's not even waiting to agree with God. 